Nearly 10% of people over 65 will develop a heart rhythm disorder, also known as atrial fibrillation. I'm joined today by Dr. Troy Hounshell from Mercy One Iowa Heart Center to discuss the signs and symptoms to be aware of when it comes to atrial fibrillation. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm Troy Hounshell. I'm a cardiac electrophysiologist. I work at Mercy One Iowa Heart Center, and I specialize in treatment of heart rhythm disorders. Yeah, so we'll just jump right into it. So what is atrial fibrillation and what are the symptoms? So atrial fibrillation is a type of heart rhythm disorder. It's the most common heart rhythm disorder that we see in the adult population. This arrhythmia is uh, characterized by irregular electrical activity that occurs in the top chambers of the heart. We refer to those chambers as the atria. And this electrical abnormality, which results in sort of this chaotic electrical signal firing, causes a patient's heart to beat irregularly, many times causes it to beat quickly, and then can result in symptoms that the patient you know, may experience from the arrhythmia. The other part of that is that atrial fibrillation is also the number one cause of stroke in this country. And so uh, stroke prevention is one of the mainstays of therapy when patients are diagnosed with atrial fibrillation. So what are those symptoms that patients should look out for to be aware of? Symptoms is a, is a great question. You know, we see patients all the time in the clinic who come in with a myriad of symptoms. And part of our role and responsibility is to try to figure out which of those symptoms are related to their atrial fibrillation and which ones aren't. If we just look categorically at some of the most common symptoms that we would see in a patient that usually are symptoms from atrial fibrillation, the number one thing would be palpitations, where a patient may experience a rapid fluttering in their chest. Sometimes they describe it as a thundering or a fish flip-flopping around in their chest. Those are really common symptoms that we would see with patients. And it's typically very common in the patients who go in atrial fibrillation and it causes their heart rates to go really fast. That's very common to see that. Another symptom that we commonly see that is often attributed to atrial fibrillation would be shortness of breath. And this could just be shortness of breath at rest. This could be shortness of breath with exertion. And then when you get the patient out of atrial fibrillation, their shortness of breath goes away. And then you know that that shortness of breath was due to AFib because some of these symptoms can be due to other things as well. And so again, trying to figure out if it's related to the atrial fibrillation or not is one of our you know goals when we're managing these patients. The third most common symptom we see is fatigue patients complain that when they're in AFib, they're much more fatigued. And then when we get them out of AFib, their fatigue gets better. And so that would be a common symptom. There are some other less common symptoms, but certainly have been associated with atrial fibrillation. Uh, chest pain at times, if their heart rates are going really quickly, you know, 150 beats a minute or more can cause symptoms of chest pain. Um, in addition to that, sometimes lightheadedness or dizziness can be experienced by uh, some patients who have atrial fibrillation as well. Again, though, these symptoms resolving once you get the patient back into normal rhythm, which is what we call sinus rhythm, and then watching for the resolution of those symptoms. And then we can make that correlation that yes, indeed, these symptoms are due to your atrial fibrillation. Yeah. So I understand that the Watchman device is one of the treatment options. Can you talk to me a little bit more about what Watchman is? When we discuss treatment of atrial fibrillation, it's kind of grouped into two categories. 
One is stroke prevention. One is management of the arrhythmia itself to treat the symptoms. So the first thing we want to assess is what is that patient's risk of stroke? That is single-handedly the number one thing that we need to address with the patient because it is the most important part of the management of their atrial fibrillation is to protect them from having a stroke. If we look at the left atrial appendage, this is where strokes come from that are due to atrial fibrillation. This appendage is a structure, it's a pouch that hangs off the left side of our heart in that top left chamber. And this is a remnant of our embryological heart. So in the adult, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose, more of a burden in patients who have atrial fibrillation. As blood flow is moving through that chamber, the blood flow can then come in and it can get into this pouch. And when it gets into this pouch, if you're in atrial fibrillation, that electrical activity in your heart is very erratic. So the heart doesn't beat as efficiently. So the blood flow slows down. Blood clots can spontaneously form by proteins starting to stick together. The way a blood thinner works, the blood thinner is mixed in with the blood. It's bound to those proteins, preventing them from sticking together. So most people are familiar with stents. The Watchman device is made actually of the same material called nitinol. Nitinol is a type of metal. It's an alloy that holds its memory. There are some metal structures that you can see on the device. Also, there's a white membrane that covers the device. And so if I sit here and squeeze, the device remembers what shape it was in. So I can collapse this Watchman device down to where it's flat. And when I let go, it retains the shape that it was made in. And so that's the whole purpose behind how this thing is built. How the Watchman device works is it's simply a plug. The Watchman device goes into the pouch, plugs up the hole, so the blood flow goes right on by. So then therefore, the blood doesn't get into the appendage, blood clots don't form, you don't have a stroke from the left atrial appendage. Yeah. So what are some of the, I know you touched on this a little bit, but what are a few more of, you know, the benefits of this Watchman device for these candidates? The biggest benefit for the Watchman to the patient is reducing their risk of bleeding. So for instance, the farmer in Iowa who is on his farm and is at risk of getting kicked by one of the cattle or one of the horses that they raise. We've seen life-threatening bleeding events from injuries to farmers that, you know, as part of their career. And so, you know, the watchman can play a role in that. So if we look at some of the clinical trials that have been done behind the watchman, the benefit is that itself, bleeding risk reduction which then also does result in better quality of life for those patients as well. Uh, they don't have the fear or the apprehension about doing some activities that they would have, say they were still on oral anticoagulation. And so what we know from clinical uh, data is that after six months from the watchman, there's about a 75 to 78% reduction in the risk of bleeding complications. And, and that's what we're really going for in that, in that patient group is, is getting off that blood thinner. So how long has Mercy One Iowa Heart Center been using this device? Have you, you know, been involved in the research of this and of like the newer devices? Can you tell me a little bit more about how long they've had it and what you know as far as, you know, the research? So in 2012, uh, one of my partners, Dr. Hoyt, 
implanted the first Watchman device in Iowa, and that was part of the Prevail clinical trial. And then in 2015 is when I joined the group here, and that's when the commercial utilization FDA approval of the Watchman device was made. And so Dr. Hoyt and I then began to build the Watchman slash left atrial appendage occlusion program here at Mercy One Iowa Heart. And since that time, we've been the number one volume center for Watchman implantations. Just as of last week, we have more than twice the number of Watchman implants than anybody in the state of Iowa. And we just had our 670th implant um, this month. So we're on goal to hit 750 by April. We have been involved in many clinical trials. Two of the biggest clinical trials with the Watchman device in the last five years have been the Option study and the Champion AF study. And we were leading enrollers in the country for those clinical trials, getting these patients, getting these studies offered to these patients so they can make decisions on whether they want to help us, you know, promote the future development of these technologies. So what do you see coming in the future? Is there anything specific when it comes to AFib or the Watchmen? What, what's the next step? There are newer iterations of devices that will be coming down the road, larger devices, devices that can minimize leaks around devices, little tweaks and, and improvements for the Watchman space, you know, the left atrial appendage therapy. And in regards to treatment of atrial fibrillation itself, one of the most, I would call it disruptive technologies to treatment of AFib is called pulse field ablation. And Pulse field ablation is a new technology. It's a new way that we can do a procedure called an ablation, where we treat atrial fibrillation to minimize its impact on a patient's quality of life. And this technology adds a new level of efficiency to the procedure and completely eliminates some of the complications that we've seen with ablation before. And so it will revolutionize the treatment space for atrial fibrillation. There are actually more technologies in the ablation realm for treatment of AFib that are coming up that are going to revolutionize the space. And here at Mercy One Iowa Heart, we're going to be at the forefront of that. We're involved in all the clinical research trials for it. We've been involved with them. We're the first place to do it. And those will continue to develop you know, over the next few years. And so it's going to be a great technology for our patients. So what should a patient do if they're interested in getting a Watchman, if they have AFib, or if they wanted to know more about um, the Watchman device? There's a few avenues that a patient can do. Um, they could talk to their primary care provider about uh, the Watchman device and possibly getting referred to an implant center. They can go onto the Boston Scientific website where they can find centers locally. We have a website, you go to our Heart Rhythm Center link, and under there, there's descriptions of the Watchman device and some links you can follow that go to a short video where Dr. Hoyt and I uh, talk about the Watchman device and how it's been used in our center and other patient information on that uh, webpage that patients can use to help inform themselves. And, and there's a phone number to contact our Watchman coordinator if they have more questions and they'd like us to answer those questions for them. That's amazing. Is there anything else that you would like to add that you feel like patients or people should know when they're listening to this podcast? 
You know, I think the biggest thing that patients need to understand when it comes to their atrial fibrillation is that when when you meet with your physician, whether it's me, like a cardiac electrophysiologist, which is my specialty, it's it's going to be a a relationship between the patient and the physician. This isn't something where you go in and you get your gallbladder taken out and it's done. You know, the treatment of atrial fibrillation is a long-term treatment plan. Unfortunately, we can't cure AFib. We can treat it. There's many treatment options out there that we can offer to patients, but it will be a continuous process for treatment for the remainder of their life. And the good news is, is there's some fantastic treatment options on the horizon. You know, I wish it was one of a rhythm that we could cure. You know, there are other rhythms, heart rhythm problems that we can do procedures and we can cure you of it and it goes away. Unfortunately, the most common one, which is AFib, is one that we just can't cure as of today. Yeah, well, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about this. It was wonderful and I'm, I feel like we've got some great information. Thank you. I uh, appreciate the opportunity.